Welcome to the Coach J Podcast. This episode coming up in just a minute is with a former great Penn State female gymnast, Janae Whitaker, now Janae Ali, who's also an author and a life coach and got a great story about her journey and relationship with God. So I hope you enjoy it coming up. If you're not familiar with the Coach J organization, we are a nonprofit organization with our sole mission to uh, open up and expose the start or the continued growth in a relationship with the greatest life coach, Jesus Christ. And our playbook has been inspired by the teachings of Jesus. Our podcast features interviews with athletes, coaches, uh, fans, discussing their experiences with life, with success, with failure, their understanding of faith and competition. And I hope you enjoy this interview. If it uh, stimulates further interest in anything, just go to the CoachJ.org website. That's the letter J, CoachJ.org. All the episodes are on there. There's Coach J gear. And most importantly, there's contact information if you want to talk to somebody. That is the mission, the purpose, and the goal of what we're doing. So I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your time. And I hope you enjoy this interview coming up with Janae Whitaker Ali. We are live here on the Coach J podcast with uh, an old friend and former Penn State athlete from back in the awesome 90s. You were more late 90s. I was early 90s. Sorry. Got to give away your age a little bit, Janae. But we're here with Janae Whitaker Ali. Now Ali, but if you're a Penn State gymnastics fan or maybe just a Penn State athletics fan, you probably remember her as Janae Whitaker. Um, thank you for joining us and spending time uh, on the Coach J podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. So why don't we just do this to start? I'd love to just, um, you, there's been a lot going on in your life since you graduated from Penn State, and we're going to get into some of the uh, you know, some of the faith-based and some, some of your, your journey with that, but I, I would love to, uh, hear a little bit more. And also I, I think that because there's a lot of athletic type, um, affinities with what we're doing and there's, I, I think there'll be a lot of athletes and coaches and people tuning in to listen, tell us about what you're doing in, in kind of your, uh, your coaching and your mission with, uh, you, you know, with everything you're doing. I, I know you mentioned it to me before, and I think it's really cool. And uh, I'd love to have you talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So I have done mental training for about 17 years with athletes. So it's like sports psych, but I'm not a doctor. So I do mental training with athletes and, um, you know, have done over 2000 lives. So we do a live every week with those athletes around the country way before zoom was known. We used WebEx and, um, all of that. So we've been doing this type of thing for a very long time, 14 years. Um, and I just do one-on-ones privates with clients all over the country, always been virtual. And thus we do clinics. So I just got back from a clinic in Alabama and I do, I do in-person clinics, but I'm down to a couple a year only. Um, and then I, I, you know, we'll get into this story later, but I also, my gig is I work with athletes transitioning out of sport. So that's my business. And, um, yeah, I've written a book and a course. So I help athletes transition out of sport and into the new season of life. Yeah. And you call that what's next. Yeah. Um, transition. What now? Oh, what now? Right. Transition. Yeah. What now? What's it also, um, 
the transition what now I, my book is I'm a retired athlete. What now? But my concept was for all different transitions that we go through and especially ones that I've been through. Like I have a book for, I'm an injured athlete. What now? But, um, concepts for, you know, I'm a mom. What now I'm retired. What now? Oh, I'm Christian. What now I'm, um, a homeschool mom. What now? So all the kind of transitions and things that, that I've kind of been through and then even beyond, but right now I'm just focused on the athlete one. Yeah. What what's the name of the book again? So you can give it a little. Um, it's I'm a retired athlete. What now? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's and interesting it's how many athletes that I've spoken to, not just on the podcast, but in general, that I never realized um, how they never were able to to move forward and let go of like their careers. It's it's a, incredible. I think maybe at least from an individual sport athlete as well, like gymnastics, wrestling, what have you, man, it's incredible how many, how many wrestlers I know that, ha- that are still clinging on to the losses and it's affected their life. Um, yes. So that's really cool what you're doing. That's really neat. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll add like, what led you to the, that part of it? You were, you, you've done, you know, coaching, but this is like a little bit more of a specialized type of counseling or coaching whatever you want what led you to like the aha moment of of you know what now um well it's all part of my story do you want me to get into that now yeah yeah so so why don't because i know we talked before and i i I would love to hear your faith story from you from early yeah and if you don't mind give give us a background on like what your relationship was like, if any, with yeah. Christ before yeah. and, you know, early age and all that. Love to hear that. Okay. So then in a nutshell, I grew up in a Methodist church um, and there was just some things that went on. Like Mimi was a really cool pastor and then she was lesbian and gone. And I didn't even know what that was at the time, but it was just like a thing. And then the next pastor came and he was a molester and I didn't know what that was, but it, I knew it was bad. And so just, just, um, odd things, you know, in, in that church that, uh, I kind of, I remember camps and stuff. I just remember watered down Kool-Aid and styrofoam cups and like, I don't know, it was just, but so I don't remember learning a ton, but I know that it gave me a foundation and a relationship with Jesus, but I just kind of ran from that church as well. So my mom was very faithful and going every Sunday and I'd go mother's day, Easter, Christmas. And that was it. My sister too. But I do remember always having God in my life. And like, I had to make sure I fold my hands and prayed when I pray and like even going to the bathroom, whatever I was doing, like I had to fold my hands and pray to God. So I, that was from a young age, but you know, in, in being an athlete in high school and, and in college, I just, I kind of didn't really have a faith, you know, um, started getting into some new age stuff in high school. Then when I went to college and was a college athlete at a big university, you know, pretty liberal, didn't, didn't have a, too much of a faith, just kind of got into the athlete thing. I had a couple of teammates. I had a teammate in particular that was Catholic and pretty faith-based in her ways and, and definitely opened my eyes to some things and her, um, pure ways that I think were admirable in a college athlete. And, um, then, so I'm going to kind of, that's my faith story as an athlete, but then I'm going to kind of talk about a little bit of, so I'm weaving in two stories, my faith and what brought about my, my book and, and things like that. So as a college athlete, it was, I was a, a senior on the team and again, just doing all things college athletes do. Um, and I was a captain, one of the captains of the team. And it was, as my senior, it was like, 
the best year of my life. We were on the best, like our leadership was really strong my senior year. And, um, I, I felt like this was the year, like all my dreams are going to come true. And, um, I had had a minor injury my junior year, but like, this was the year I, I was just, everything was going amazing. And then the second home meet of my senior season, um, I was doing a bar dismount and it was the second event. So during a meet, you know, home meet crowd, you name it. And I just saw, I keep saying blacked out, which some people think of like pass out, but I just saw blackness and I let go of the bar and you can't, I couldn't see anything, but just black. Like I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I was just flipping and twisting and um, my dismount is two flips with one twist. And so I was just flipping and twisting through the air and I landed like this with my leg bent behind me and just, just tore it apart. But when I sat up, I just saw my leg in two places and thought, oh, it's just dislocated. The doc, you know, the ortho ran on to the scene and just snapped it back into place. And I thought, okay, cool. She's just, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And then the main, our main orthopedist came over and he did that, that dreaded test. And when I, so I was fine, just, I think in shock, no pain, nothing. And then when he uttered those three letters, ACL, I knew I was done. So I just lost it. The tears flowed. I was done. And that moment I knew in that moment, I was no longer a gymnast. For those of you who don't know the sport of gymnastics, um, you know, by the time you're in college nowadays, it's getting a little bit more like some college gymnasts actually do go on a couple to the Olympics, but mostly they do the Olympics and then go to college. So for a 22 year old gymnast, you're, you know, this is it. So I never got to see the fruition of those goals of my, my senior year beyond that, they do things like Cirque du Soleil or CrossFit game, you know, things like that. But in my day, it wasn't quite as big. So I was done. Like I'm, we already know that's three months left in the season. So, um, and then it ended up being way more than ACL. I had torn pretty much everything in the knee joint, had a couple of major surgeries. And, um, so it was a tough transition, just so sudden, you know, um, to have your, your career just ripped right out from under you and any athletes that have been through that know that that's just, it is, it is hard. My team was amazing. My coaches were amazing. I still got to travel with the team the whole year. Um, but then after that, I went to New Zealand with, um, kind of that same teammate that was, that was faith-based. So we went to New Zealand and studied and had fun. So it didn't really hit me too much there. And then after that, I got one of those, those things that most college grads think they want. And that's that coveted corporate career. So I was in corporate America in New York city for a little while at a top company and had everything, you know, the car, the cell phone, the computer, the uh, corporate account and living life in the city. And I just felt like that's when it really hit me hard. Like, who am I, you know, and what do I do now? Like nothing compared to being an athlete. And that's what really got me like this whole rah-rah corporate thing, even the money, you know, it just, it's not like being an athlete and I miss being an athlete and I didn't feel special. And um, I realized I was kind of addicted to that praise as an athlete. So that was hard. I just kind of sought praise in other areas and got a little reckless, um, partying, living it up in the city with some celebs and, you know, that lifestyle that just was a bit meaningless, but fun, you know? And, and then I just started thinking, this is not what I'm here on earth for. And so I found, um, a, a teammate sent me a, I was at a teammate's wedding and she's like, Hey, have you ever heard of this thing called life coaching? And I was like, no. And that weekend, after that weekend, I went home and looked it up 
and signed up for a life coaching course, resigned from corporate America, started getting more into my faith at that point, but it was more new agey stuff. I just definitely knew that I just needed something to ground me. Coaching is kind of universal, you know, universe. And I just up and moved. I'm like, I need out of the city, out of the brick. And I was like, I moved to California. So started pursuing life coaching there, but I wanted to work with athletes. So at that point, again, still deepening my faith, exploring it all, um, had some encounters with like just images of God. I read a, a Christian fiction book that really hit me and brought me back to my roots. It was called the unseen essential. And yeah, I just had this vision of God. And this is funny. I think you can appreciate this from our days when we knew each other and liked to party, but, um, I, I had an image of God, like Jesus walking around in his times. And it, it came to me, like, if I lived in those times when Jesus walked the earth, would I, would I diss him? Like I do now, like that word came to me because I was into the rap game. Um, but like, would I diss Jesus? And I thought, no, I would be right there with him, like wanting to know everything he's teaching. So then why am I living like this now? That's really what hit me. I was just alone. Um, in my New York city apartment. I mean, I had a roommate, but that's what the thought that came to me, like, what am I even doing? So once I got to California and started getting deeper in my faith, and then I met my husband and he was a solid Christian who was actually cool. You know, like I didn't know many, I had cousins that were really great influences for me as well out in California. Um, but as my husband says, he's like, you're somewhere between Chopra and Oprah, (laughs) you know, like just in my faith. So he definitely was an influence to to deepen my faith, but I was already on that path. And um, I was also still struggling with not being an athlete. So all while like figuring out my faith, struggling with like, who am I? What do I do now? Even though I'm building my own business, it was, I was personal training. I had no, very little income. I was life coaching and paying a ton of money for this program, living by myself by the beach in a studio apartment in San Diego. Um, and struggling, you know, as far as what am I even doing? I didn't really want to build a business. I'd rather hang out at the beach because I could. No one was telling me what to do and how to do it. And as an athlete, we get very accustomed to that. So that was a big thing for me as well, just figuring all that out. And um, that's when the idea for my book came. So I started just going to the coffee shop and writing hours and hours and hours of writing. And I started interviewing athletes. So just like you were saying, interviewing podcastees, that your podcast guests also are teaching you as you're teaching them, you know, it's just a process of, and so I felt like I do all these celebrity athlete interviews who have retired from sport and struggled and college athlete interviews. And it was healing for me. Um, and then I just felt like a lot, a lot transpired in that time. And I got married and said, we're going to, we're going to start a family. So I had kids started doing a lot of mental training with athletes. So I was building that part and just kind of veered away from my book. Um, so I started this in 2006, mm. it's 2022 y'all. So with a long time and I put it down and just started focusing on current athletes. And then at, at that point I had since moved to Bend, Oregon, had a few kids, had a couple more there. And, um, I was at a, at this point my faith was pretty solid. Like I had been also growing my faith with my husband too, though he was Christian, like we both kind of had to come and get yoked together because we had both come from similar lifestyles and ready to to buckle down and, and get serious. So um, 
yeah, I, I was at a, a church service and a pastor talked about just the the sparkle life and the the shine and how that all just goes away and something about his message he's referring to athletes and it was like I got to finish my book because there's people out there that need it and um so I did and that was in 20 I think I I think I published it in 2017 or 18 and um got it out there and now I have an even more phenomenal course so online courses are definitely the way to go so I have a course that that brand new interviews brand new uh, curriculum that I do in conjunction with the book. And, um, yeah, so in that span of 2005 or six, when I really started exploring my faith to today, it's just, I I've been through half of seminary. I say, uh, I went through half of seminary, but then on my third child and writing this, I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just, my husband's a, went through seminary and, um, so I've supported him through all that. And yeah, so it's been a quite a long journey. Where do you see the connection with your relationship with God, um, with getting to know Jesus better? How does that, how has that helped you? If you're talking to an athlete that's not a believer, that's you're trying to help transition or, you know, anybody you might be coaching, but how does your faith help you? It's a great question because I got part of the reason I got so stuck. So it's funny that you asked that in the book was what did help me was my faith. So what do I do? Make the book Christian. And then the whole world of sports is, is pretty secular. So I'm going to be missing a lot of people. So I literally sat, sat stuck in that for a long time. Um, one of my, one of my friends was over, he was a former pro baseball player. And I was like, I'm just wrestling with this. Like, do I make it secular? Do I make it Christian? And he's like, just make it secular and have some Christian pieces in it. And I was like, Oh, that's simple. Okay. And that clicked for me. So I on purpose made the book just for any athlete because, um, the identity piece for Christians is like our identity is in Christ for a lot of athletes. It's our identities in our sport, you know, and I think even a lot of Christian athletes get into that trap of who am I? I'm Janae, the gymnast, you know, I'm four eleven. I'm I walk like a gymnast. I talk like a gymnast. Like that's just who I am. And that's not true. It's what I did, but we get stuck in that identity. And so as we learn to be Christian and identify as a child of God or like a Christian, um, it changes things, but still. So how I explain it for anybody is in my, in my course, I have this thing called a color turtle and it's my, it's a toddler toy. It's just like, blue square orange triangle and I was playing with it one day with the kids and I was just some just bam it hit me like I had this little guy and I was around the squares and this triangles and I'm like gosh if I'm on this orange square which is called gymnastics wearing my leo god's like cool I'll use this vehicle and then if I'm in this orange you know blue triangle as a corporate worker with a business suit on, then God can use me in that vehicle, but he doesn't really give a rip what outfit I wear. He can still use me. So that was big for me. Like he doesn't really give a crap if I'm wearing a Leo and doing gymnastics. Like, to be honest, that's kind of a selfish thing anyway, (laughs) you know, like a selfish pursuit of, I got to win, I got to be better. And like, God will use this vehicle for his glory. Um, and it's not about, and so for an athlete who doesn't, you know, have his faith, it doesn't matter. Like each vehicle can be used in a different way, you know, that, that, that you can still be used and use what you learned as an athlete 
or in your business or as a parent, you can use all those things you've learned to that new season or new thing you're doing. So it all gets you there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you, this is a really, uh, how do you, let me see how to ask this. When you were an athlete at Penn State, knowing now and having the relationship you have now, it sounds like as it's continued to grow and get better with Jesus, with God, what, what, how do you think that if you had this same relationship back in college, what, what would have been different? Do you think, you know, I know you're not a competing athlete now, none of us are, but, um, how would you say that would have made you a better athlete back in Penn State? So I've always called myself a good enough girl where most athletes, this is shocking, most athletes are perfectionists, right? Especially in the world of gymnastics. And we, we know that wrestling and gymnastics are a similar mentality, but it takes on, like there's this perfectionist mentality that a lot of athletes battle and struggle with. And it's this, uh, um, idea that we have to be perfect or be there or, and while I never consider myself a perfectionist, um, part of perfectionism is, um, impressing others. And that definitely was part of it. So if I were a Christian, when I was competing a couple of things, so that kind of brings a couple of points. One, um, <laughs> I, did it for, you know, like there's never a thought of like the glory for somebody else. Like when you want to work hard, it's because you want to impress somebody or you want to mm, beat somebody, you know, I was competitive. And I also think that I just kind of would be like, Oh, that's good enough. That's why it was per professionally as a, as an athlete, I wasn't an Olympian. I never even wanted to be an Olympian as a gymnast, which shocks people. Um, but I just knew that it wasn't in my personality. Like I was like, no, nah, that's good enough. So form is a very big thing in gymnastics. And I, I could throw big tricks. I wasn't scared of anything. I throw anything. So I had big tricks, but they weren't perfect. And I feel like as a, um, if I were a Christian at that time, it'd be like, you're doing things for, for like work as if you're working for the Lord. Right. And so I think I would have worked a little harder, partied a lot less. Um, I was, I've always been a very balanced person, which to my, like, it's to my credit, definitely. Like even now, I mean, I, I balance homeschooling five kids and a business and moving around the country and all that. But, um, so I, I've always been a very balanced person, but in sport, same thing. Like I balanced school. I didn't care if I got four O I did a couple semesters, but it was really like, I was an A minus student B plus to A minus. That's fine with me. If I get a couple of A's great. And, and that's a healthy mentality as well for some things. I, I knew I wasn't going to go to med school, you know, or law school or things. So at the same time, I think that I would have been a better athlete had I done it for the Lord or had those ambitions and healthier lifestyle. So the partying, you know, I partied. And when you're binge drinking in college, it ain't healthy, right? Not good. So all those things would have been, would have been different. I feel like, and it would have been a little more just dedication to your sport, which sounds crazy for a division one athlete, but, um, that was my, my career. So definitely that I would have been a better gymnast for sure. Um, but on the other side of it, I think I was pretty balanced and still am. However, um, it would have been a different level of dedication and health. 
Yeah. How I'm curious with kids, just to switch gears for a second, how do you feel your relationship with uh, God helps you be a better parent? Well, I feel like I'm held accountable. You know, it's like, I, um, I want that well done, my good and faithful servant. Like that's in the back of my mind for God to say that when I meet him, we all will meet him someday and you will be held accountable. Now we are saved by grace alone. So I don't need to do anything, but we are given crowns and responsibilities in heaven based on our, our walk on earth. And we are held accountable for the things we do here. So I think in the back of my mind, it's like, well, I'm, I'm more patient, you know, the fruits of the spirit are alive and well in me. Am I always patient? Heck no. Do I get upset with these kids sometimes? Yes. Um, then I get the role model for my husband who can, can be pretty stern and disciplined and, but he always asks for forgiveness. So if he crosses over the line and is too harsh with them, he sits them down and asks for forgiveness and says, he's sorry. And, and that's a beautiful thing for them to see they can mess up and not have to be perfect, but we can repent and turn and ask for forgiveness. And, and that's what God wants from us. So if we can exemplify that in our parenting, that's good role model for the kids, but also it helps us continue on as parents too, you know, when I do mess up. So I definitely think the fruits of the spirit, just being gentle and kind and loving and patient, um, come better. Um, I'm less self-serving. So I think I've always been, you know, I think I got less and less selfish with each kid, you know, it kind of takes that, but yeah, it's like, you just are less selfish as a believer and it takes a lot of selflessness. I mean, most parents are, but at the same time, that really helps with parenting. There's a lot of self-sacrifice being a parent. If you were sitting in front of, let's say, the next year's women's gymnastics team, all girls, Penn State women's gymnastics team, and the question to you was, let's just say they're all not believers, okay? How would you address them as to why should they think about opening up their hearts to a relationship with Christ? Like what would be, you know, we know that you can't force anything on anyone. You can't force God on anyone. But if you had to, you know, give a talk to, to these young girls now on the team, what would you say? Well, I think just based on the times that we're in, it's like um, we've already seen what is going on in our world. And for me, it's like, what if there is a God who is in control of all of this stuff and nothing surprised him? Not this craziness of the last two years, not the politics, not the pandemics, not the food short, nothing surprised him because someone is in control and, um, and that it's not just about this life here, but I'm excited. Like none of this stuff scares me. And I think just to kind of share with them, like, because I know it's where we're going and where we're headed and what's to come. Like, this is the, we have it. This is exciting times because we know the end is near and we have 
the newer heaven and new earth and, and it's all perfect. So I think I would just want them to understand that this is not it. Like there is, you know, there is beyond all this is eternity. So yes, we have this short, short, short time on earth where we're trying to make it and do big things. And um, if they could just see that this beyond, there's something so much bigger at stake who, that it, we matter, it all matters. Um, and all this imperfection and pain and suffering and all this is, is not all for nigh. Like it is something that God will take into account. Cause I think people think that it isn't fair and it isn't good. And how could there be a God, but you know, he's as um, upset and sad about all this, but he knows in the end there, you know, time does not, not anything to him, but it all will, all will make sense in the end. And so what if that, you know, this is this God thing is real, you know, you hear about it, but what if it is real and Jesus is going to come back and take us to this amazing paradise, you know? And, um, as an athlete, I think that I was just so focused on partying and, and doing gymnastics and loving, like just getting better as an athlete, but there's just so much more to it that I think that as an athlete, um, we don't really see sometimes unless you already have that seed or that influence, but just kind of taking the, pulling the camera back and like looking bigger, what is, um, the bigger picture of all this stuff going on and sports in general, you know? Yeah. Give them perspective. Yeah. That's cool. Is there something that just kind of in this season for you, maybe you and, and, um, well, for you, maybe there's certain verse that you've been really dwelling on or, or something in the Bible, maybe you've been reading or just something that you feel like God's kind of maybe either showing you or you're, I don't know, did anything pop in your head that's been going on with your relationship? Um, well, I definitely like second Timothy, um, one, seven, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I think in this time, I use that a lot because people are so fearful right now. And that is a vibration that the enemy loves and in this world and in everything. And it's like, that is a spirit. And, you know, he's given you a spirit of power and love and um, of a sound mind. And so I think the other thought that I had is um, for athletes and, and, especially for athletes who are transitioning out of sport is you get to this place where it's like, you don't feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really, is that all there is to life? And I mean, it even kind of relates back to the question you just asked me is like, you really can feel fulfilled again, or even more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I just kind of keep reiterating to kids is because I felt that like, it just, I didn't feel fulfilled and I didn't know Christ, but I also just was, even if you know Christ and don't feel fulfilled because you're just not focusing on the right things and you're not in the word every day and you're not knowing his plan for you, you're not guided. So even if you know him, it's sometimes you can get a little deeper with that, but that's a big one too. It's just that you, he can fulfill you. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Um, I don't know. I think that um, I think back on those things too, about, the before and after for me personally. And so it's neat to hear your perspective on it too. And uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'd like to, you know, the, the last thing that um, I guess I'm just 
curious about or to hear your your perspective on it. But um, so with with how how does um, let me see how to ask this correctly, I guess. If you're talking to a client, you've got your business hat on. Does it do you feel that you're led by God to um, how do conversations open up about the relationship with God if they're not a believer? And you've got the business hat on. Like, how do you, I guess, how do you balance that? You know, it's very easy for me because I can do it. So my, um, I've had a business partner for 17, not partner, sorry. She's a colleague. She's the founder of, of the uh, mental training stuff. And she, she calls herself a Jew boo. So she's Jewish, but Buddhist. And so we have very different faiths and you, and, and we, it's worked and I get clients. So in the world of gymnastics, you know, again, in sports, it's like, I don't know who, you know, who their, what their background is, but <clears throat> I talk about this cartoon. So everybody has seen in any clinic I do, I talk about this to the kids that the cartoon where you have a um, little devil on the shoulder that was like, you can't do it. You might as well give up. And then the angel's like, don't listen to him. You're so strong. Right. And I say, have you seen this cartoon? And they're like, yeah. And so then how I bridge, I'm just like, so, cause we talk about a loose mind and a tight mind in sport. When you're in a loose mind, it's like fear where we doubt and a tight mind you're in like strength focused confidence so it's like this is your confidence and your angel and this is your worry and doubt the 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 beast that devil and I was like that's really what goes on and so then I say do you have um a belief a higher belief in anything and I kind of go smooth I say in like God Jesus or universe so I I go that route and so if they have a belief in Jesus they'll say and if not they're like oh you know I kind of believe but I don't really you know or no I don't like sometimes they get like nope I don't believe in any of that and so then I know they're Christian or they're not, or they're this or that. And and so then I can take a very, a different route and we can still do mental training, but it's more of a, like a psychological level, mental level. Um, or if they are faith-based, it can be more of a, um, a faith-based conversation of, of prayer and God and using, not leaving God at church on Sunday, but bringing him into your sport and your, and, and, and then you can marry those two as well, you know, like just those thoughts are God's thoughts, you know? So holding those thoughts captive, which are kind of the psychological thoughts. But so that's how I, I approach it with clients. Yeah. It's cool to hear kind of the, in that regard, how your, your journey with God also was like this journey with working with athletes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love how you tied that together and how, one, you know, both of them were just working together. It's just really awesome to, to hear that. So, well, we, I appreciate your time and spending time in your busy schedule and just sharing from your heart. It's really, really neat. You'll have to keep me updated on how things are going with, with the business. And uh, I, it's interesting. I do think as I continue to talk to more and more athletes, whether they're, you know, in their thirties or forties or fifties, that, may actually need some help from you <laughs> and it's it's you know um it's real it's real so uh just great to, to catch up with you and hear from you and appreciate you spending time with us well that's my pleasure thanks chad for having me okay we'll have to touch base again on yep. follow-up see how things are going thanks yep bye chad see ya all right that's going to wrap up the interview former Penn State great female gymnast Janae Whitaker Ali 
I hope you enjoyed listening to all the things that she had to say and may have inspired you or got you to think about some different things. And if it did, and you looking for more information, please go to the coach J letter J dot org website. There's all kinds of resources, information, most importantly, contact information. If you want to talk to somebody, please reach out coach J letter J dot org. We are here to listen and hopefully help and hopefully lead. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to the next episode. God bless.